The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Bat Flips and Party Tips, the perfect podcast for baseball and good times in Omaha. Here are your hosts, Andrew Rogers and Anna Bellinghausen. Flip bats and tip the party. It's Bat Flips and Party Tips with Anna. I'm Andrew. Anna, it's finally great to get started. I'm so excited. This College World Series is going to be like nothing we've seen before, and I think we're going to really bring that experience side that people might not know about. So, Andrew, really excited to be here. We're live from Hale Varsity Club, probably the perfect place for people to go if they don't want to deal with crowds this weekend. I would come to Hale Varsity Club. They got the big screen up right by the bar, 30 plus TVs. It's going to be the best atmosphere to take in the CWS without actually being at the CWS. Oh, for sure. Food, phenomenal. Drinks, phenomenal. Can't get much better. Now we're going to break down the schedule here of the first round. And gosh, this is such a great field because it's, there's no true standout. In the first game, you have Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Second game of that day, Notre Dame and number nine, Texas. Both of those games on June 17th. Start times one and six here central. Day later, Arkansas, number two, Stanford. And Ole Miss, my team, oh. Tim Elko time. And number 14, Auburn. Those two games mirror the times, but just a day later. And you can catch us out on location on all of those days. We'll get you those at the end of the show. But... Going back to Oklahoma and Texas A&M, these are two teams that, if you're a non-fan, you really want to root for. Right, and it's the Big 12 roots of these teams. I think it's going to be such a good matchup. You look at Texas A&M, it's a team that's not necessarily favored in this whatsoever. They're not favored at all. They right. are the underdog, and it, I don't know why. One of the ranked teams, too, which is really interesting to me. And I think that I think it points to just the inconsistency on defense that they've been having all year. When you look at the fielding percentages between all the eight teams, Texas A&M comes in last. But they're so disciplined at the plate, and that's what I like about Texas A&M. They are your ideal baseball team, a team that is gritty down the stretch and score runs late. In every one of their games, you look at the box score, they always find a way to score from the seventh inning on. And a lot of teams aren't really doing that unless they're down like 13 to six or 21 to three, which some of these scores throughout the regional, the super regional has been almost a football score. And that's another great point here. If you look at bracket one, this top part of the bracket looks more like a college football bracket (laughs) than it does a college baseball bracket. Right. And when you look at what Texas A&M has gone through last year, they went nine and 21 in SEC play. And to see the growth that they've had a first year coach as well, making their way all the way to Omaha. It's, it's incredible. So, so many good storylines in the cultural series, Andrew. And if you're a non-fan, it's, it's a perfect place for you to really feel like you belong. So mm-hmm. it, our, our show name, Bat Flips and Party Tips, and I go back to just the party reference here. If you were to enter a party, whether it's just on a campus that you're not familiar with or just any, any tailgate around the CWS, you're going to feel like you belong. For sure. So I'm a non-fan. I didn't grow up in a college town. I'm from St. Louis. Now we had SLU, we had Mizzou close mm-hmm. by, but I never really felt attached to any of those teams. And by coming to the CWS, you see me wearing the Omadogs t-shirt. Team here. Not even a team here, <laughs> but you. the team that won last year. I came with a buddy. We went down to FanFest and we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go into the tents 
And we are going to find either the best design t-shirt, the best t-shirt with the best name across the chest, whatever it is, we're going to find that. Mm -hmm. And then we are going to root for that team for the entire two weeks. And that's what we did. We went to, I think, two or three games. He went to three. I only went to two. And no, I only went to one. I think I had to work the other day. I did. I only went to one. (laughs) But they beat Texas. Did they beat Texas that day? Goodness. Was I even there? Anyway, regardless, I, uh, I went and bought this shirt. I bought a hat to pair with it. And we sat in their fan section Mm -hmm. and nobody could tell that we didn't belong because, you know, you just do whatever they do. So that's the best part about being a non-fan at the CWS. Go down there, find a team, root for that team the whole way through, whether it's you go off of my research on this or or my opinions or you you have your own (laughs) or you're going down there for your team. Find the team with the best tradition and if you're going for the Cinderella at the same time, you gotta think Texas A&M is the best team to root for tradition-wise. For they sure. have the bubbles, they have the ball five chant, mm-hmm. and bubbles-wise, I mean, is, would you consider that BYOB? Bring your own bubbles, yeah. I'm, I don't think Omaha provides the bubbles necessarily, <laughs> but I, I think the fans know what's up, so they're bringing them. They're the 12th man on the team. It's, again, Andrew, one of those traditions you just can't beat. Side note, before we move on here, there are so many things to do when you get down mm-hmm. next to Charles Schwab field. And I was talking about bubbles. So this is why my mind took me this direction <laughs> uh, for kids, especially yeah. um, the, the kids zone is, is back and yep. up and running. You got the beer garden, you have the tents, um, d- multiple DJ locations. And, sure. and it's got all those details. Yes. See, I'm from Omaha. So I know all of this jazz. So fan fest is back presented by capital one for the NCAA. So their official fan fest is back. Uh, and that includes a home run derby for kids Buffalo Wild Wings is always there with prizes and goodie bags. Who doesn't love beat-ups? Right. They give away, like, mini sauces. It's pretty sweet. Wow. So, yeah. So, there's, like, games you can play for kids and whatnot. And then, obviously, on the adult side, you got the beer garden that's open again. And then, also, the old mat, the blat. All those places have stages. And so, the DJs start at the final out of the last game. So, it's funny because all the fans there, maybe don't really care about the game that's going on. They're just waiting and praying for that last final out because then the DJ can come on. Because otherwise, it's too loud. Right. It's right across the street. You can see the blat from the outfield, essentially. So, yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun party. And that's about the podcast, too. We're, we're giving you those party tips. Right. And remember, it's going to be a blazer out there. It's yeah, going it's to be, be hot. so hot. I think the heat index for it was either. I think it's Sunday. It was like 101 is the yeah. temp and the index is reaching to 110. So make sure to stay hydrated. If you have to alternate between beer and water, <laughs> go ahead and do that. But do something in order to make yourself alive yes, when you, when you walk out of, yes. of the fan fest area. <laughs> um, and if you're rooting for a team, maybe Notre Dame is that team mm-hmm. because Notre Dame has the best story. Like nothing scares this team. Right. They even knew going into that Tennessee series that they had a shot. And of course, every team goes in and they'll put a face on social media and like be like, right. oh, you know, we, we have a shot to win this. But a lot of teams, you know, kind of sit back and, you know, maybe have second doubts after mm-hmm. saying that when you're facing a team that has only lost seven, what's it, seven games, 55 and seven, I think was their record. Um, don't quote me on that. But uh, Notre Dame comes in and again, another team like Texas A&M, just an older experience club yep. that, because they know what it takes to be there, nothing really scared them. And Tennessee wasn't playing their best baseball to begin with, but it, were all of those factors a, a piece of why Notre Dame took that chunk out of, out of uh, or swept them under their feet, whatever you want to say. This is a team that 
if you don't have a team, why not root for the team that took right. down number one? No, the Fighting Irish, are, it's a great team to get behind. They're experienced, they're well-coached, and seven of the nine starters return. And a lot of those guys are grad students. So again, Andrew, they have so much experience, but this team has never won a College World Series. And that's what's so special about Omaha is having these teams come in that maybe places have never been in the College World Series. You think of like the underdogs back in the day, like Stony Brook and those teams that got mm -hmm. put on the map sure. because of this. Not like Notre Dame's a small school by any means, but for the baseball side, they haven't been that dominant. So Last time was 2002. Right. It's so cool to see these teams in. I mean, it's the first time in 20 years. You think about 2002, like that was a long time ago. Well, I was two how, years old. I was going to say, how old were you? Don't bring it up. <laughs> she told me she was a 2000 baby before they showed me a 99 College World <laughs> Series t-shirt. So for anybody out there that wants to feel old today, join our podcast. <laughs> our producer, Sasha, <laughs> just put her hand up in the air. She knows. Um, which... Total side note, but our prayers go out to Sasha because she may have an injury that prevents her from being 100% at the CWS, <laughs> but she's going to be a trooper and still follow you around. She'll be there. We're getting all the interviews, all the inside access. We'll be there. And playing Notre Dame, yes, of course, they took down number one, Tennessee. It's like, what, the 22nd year now that yep. number one it's went down. Now they're playing Texas, though, and Texas is the favorite. So mm -hmm. you have a team that you know, is riding, riding high into the tournament, you yeah. know, is, is on their high horse. And you're facing a Texas team that lost to East Carolina in game one of the Super Regional, mm -hmm. ended up winning the last two, had to come from behind and win right. in game two. But this may be the best offense remaining Out, outside of Stanford. It, definitely in bracket one. I think they have the best rounded offense. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you not like a guy like I Ivan Miller? I was going to say like one... One name, Ivan Melendez. That is the standout guy. 32 home runs on the entire season. That is ridiculous. He's the power of that offense. And their lineup does have depth, but Ivan just stands out so much. And he's not he wasn't even like that highly touted coming into this, but Ivan's just proven himself and look at where he is now. Well, and he I, I would venture to say that a lot of people are still kind of sleeping on this right. guy. I mean, this guy hit 32 home runs. That's the most in the BB core era. And I, I was running down the, the lists of, you know, who's going to be a first round pick next year, who is projected to be in the 2023 class. And I didn't see Ivan Melendez's name in the top 100. Now, I didn't, Teams are sleeping on I didn't really look too far in this year's mm -hmm. draft, but I know in 2023, especially he was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Ivan brings a lot of power and excitement to that Texas lineup. And I think that he's going to be a key guy, especially in a ballpark like Charles Schwab, that it's harder to hit home runs. Usually the wind is blowing in as well. So it's a big field out there and the guys are going to have to get acclimated to that quick. And Ivan Melendez can be the spark for Texas that they'll definitely need against a gritty Notre Dame team. You know, in San Francisco, when there's kayakers like on, on the <laughs> yeah. river out there or, or in the bay, I feel like Ivan Melendez could hit one in the river. Like that dude, if someone's going to do that, it, dude could him. hit it 600 feet if he wanted to. For sure. He is huge. Yeah. I looked at his forearms the other day, like close up. <laughs> and I'm like, thigh. I'm like, oh my gosh, it, looked, it was as big as my thigh when I was a baby. And I was a chunky baby. I was like nine pounds in an ounce. So, I mean, if you We've look, had the chunky baby, we have like, I mean, I feel like my thighs when I was a kid have moved up to my upper half. <laughs> and like, that's just what sits here now. And Ivan Melendez looks like he could eat 10 of me. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like Captain America before he gets the super serum. Like that's uh, my body I type. See. Ivan Melendez is Steve he, Rogers. He is. No, for sure. <laughs> Moving to the other side of the bracket now, Arkansas, a team that you know, I would say we're more familiar with um, mm -hmm. a team that played Omaha earlier yeah. this year. And um, you didn't get to go down to that series. I didn't either, but Omaha saw them earlier and uh, they weren't really like 
the Arkansas team that we knew of last year. No, I mean, they were they the number one team. They did. They were the number one team last year. They got upset by NC State. And now they're kind of fighting back for redemption. They're mm-hmm. really playing some of their best, best baseball as of late. And because they have like all of this writing behind them, they were the, you know, the top dog last year and they're, and yep. they're fighting for redemption. This is a team that I think could go deep. I think they just have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, from last year getting knocked out as a number one team, talks to them being one of the best teams in baseball. It's the same story with Tennessee not being in. I think next year, Tennessee will have that chip on their shoulder. And Arkansas does. But I think they have that experience this year that will help them propel themselves in this tournament. Because the College World Series, it's it's not like your everyday regular season series. Everyone's putting their bodies on the line. Everyone's putting everything out there that they have. And Arkansas has a little bit more juice behind them just because of last year and how that went. Right. And uh, this Arkansas team is another team that would be fun to root for if you yep. want to be the Woo Pig Suey. If you want to join. Can, can you give me your best Woo Pig Suey? You know, I might have to like practice a little <laughs> bit with some Arkansas fans when I'm down there. But I've heard it plenty of times being in Nebraska because Arkansas is a familiar team if you're in Omaha for the College World Series. So I, I think it's it's in my wheelhouse for sure. I think I'm going to have to. You know, I haven't seen Arkansas in a little bit. I need to, I need to practice a little bit, Andrew. <laughs> and they're playing Stanford, who I asked you this question earlier today. Yep. Is Stanford really that good? And I think I'm basing this on their game against Texas State in the regional when they had to come yeah. back in the ninth inning. Yeah. And it, it almost looked like Stanford was going to go down. But to answer my own question, I think they are. I, th- I really do think they are. They have, they have an unmatched lineup mm-hmm. like Brock Jones, Drew Bowser, Brady Montgomery, Tommy Troy, just to name a few, three of those four guys I just named one's going in the first round this year in Brock sure. Jones. And two of them could go in the first round next year. Well, Stanford's 22 and two since May 1st. And I, I look at that and see what teams are playing the best baseball when it matters most. And that's May obviously and June and Stanford has shown out. Yes. They had a tough super regional, but they obviously bounced back and recovered as and it's a UConn team they were playing that was playing for everything. They hadn't been in a long time, so they are also making sure that they are playing their best games, and Stanford also had to live up to that expectation. And I think it's a team that also comes in with a chip on their shoulder with losing to Vandy before the championship last year. They didn't get the shot that they wanted. I think Stanford fans have been waiting this, for this for a long time. I'm picking Stanford to be in the championship game. Wow. Are they winning? I don't know if they're they're winning, but I think they're going to come out of that second bracket. Well, at the end, we will tell you who we think is winning. Moving on to this last series, Ole Miss, Auburn. I'm going to start with Auburn (laughs) because I want to end with Ole Miss. Starting with Auburn, this is a team that just scores runs. Yes. A jaw-dropping amount in the regional. They scored 51 runs, followed that up with an upset over Oregon State, a team that frankly, I thought was going to go after seeing Cooper Jerpy pitch. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to see Cooper Jerpy pitch here in Omaha. But this Auburn team, nothing's really stopping them. This They had a chip on their shoulder, too, ever since the start Mm -hmm. of the season. The SEC West ranked them to finish last in the preseason polls. That's amazing to me. It's pretty ridiculous to think about. Just everything that Auburn's also went through. Again, I think we have the best storylines of a college world series in my remembrance from a while because I think every team comes in with some sort of reason behind why they're playing and they were counted out at some point in the season. All the rankings have been shifting so much throughout the entire year. And to see these final eight teams, I think they all have something more that they're playing for. And again, you mentioned Auburn. Yeah, they're ranked, but still they were counted out. I mean, preseason that that has to say something about just where the committee thought they were going to be last place. You see that when you're coming in day one, 
I'm sure they're thinking about that now as they get ready for the College World Series. And Ole Miss, the last team on the list, everybody thinks they shouldn't have made the tournament, made a really early ACC Mm -hmm. exit in the ACC tournament. But hell, Tim Elko (laughs) is playing otherwise. Are you kidding me? Tim Elko, show me the stash in Omaha. This is my team, the last team to make the field. I am on the Tim Elko train. I think I have to be too. I mean, the mustache, you can't, it can't get much better than Tim Elko's mustache. I, I think he's made waves in the college baseball um, world. And I read something about him, about how he tore his ACL, came back a month later, and then hit like two grand slams. Like, that's ridiculous. He's just a monster out on the field. And I think Ole Miss is that one team that maybe if you're not from Omaha, you're coming to hang out and watch some baseball, or you're from Omaha, don't have a team. Ole Miss might have to be that team. I think it's it's that underdog mentality. Hey, I don't hate. I don't hate that take. No. Ole Miss may or may not be my team. I'll remind the people mm-hmm. at the end. One more thing to mention, because a lot of people were a little bit upset that NC State didn't get in and Ole Miss did. Right. This just proves right now why Ole Miss is here. Mm-hmm. They started the year highly touted. So... I don't know if that played a- any influence into people's decisions on getting them to be in this tournament, mm-hmm. but with how far they've gone, this just proves right now that they deserve oh, to be hundred percent, 100%. I think they'll show it. it you got to the play on the field. That's what's going to be the difference maker, obviously. And it doesn't matter what you say preseason example, Auburn. It doesn't matter what you say during the season, Ole Miss, the last team to get in from the NCAA committee that we believe. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge story. Chip on their shoulder. Again, all these teams feel like underdogs, honestly, and I love it. Ten-year-old Andrew would be going nuts right now (laughs) because this is like the pinnacle, the World Series. I I, Again, a guy that grew up in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. whenever the St. Louis Cardinals made it to the World Series, it was like the best thing ever. So any kid locally, 10-year-old Andrew, would be going nuts with you right now because think about what you have here. Everything is happening in one location. You get to see so many players, so many guys that are going to go play at the next level. And I want to take a moment and tell the, the people out there, dads, moms, whoever's taking your kid to the game, these are the people that you should look for. Get these autographs, add them to the collection. I'm not an autograph seller. I, I've always been an autograph buyer or an autograph go-getter, but I've never sold mm-hmm. any of my autographs. So for those that love to take pride in these in these mm-hmm. pieces, I, I want to show you, I want to tell you who to get autographs from. Now, a lot of people are going to flock toward Brock Jones. I mean, as I had already said, he's, right. he's in this field of, of players. He's going to be the one that is higher up on, on, on the draft prospect list. He's going to go before anybody else. Peyton Graham's another one, a very special defensive player. And um, he draws comparisons to uh, Brian Anderson. And then Arkansas's Caden Wallace. I, he's one of the best power hitters in this class. These three, I bet there's going to be 500 people around him. For sure. So try to get in. Try to get in. Maybe maybe get him to sign a ball, a, a, a jersey, whatever it is, a piece of paper, your ticket. Who cares? But let's talk about some of the guys that maybe won't be so flooded with people right. begging for autographs. You look in like the second and third round of this draft. You have Jake Bennett from Oklahoma, Robert Moore from Arkansas, Peyton, I believe it's, I believe it's Paulette. Hayden Paulette, those three guys. And then in the 2023 class, my guy to get Jacob Gonzalez. (laughs) Look for Jacob Gonzalez. Ole Miss guy, shortstop, but he is regarded as as the second best prospect in 2023. Mm -hmm. These are the guys that are slept on that may look at, okay, here, here's the guys that will be drafted really soon. But then you have to look at the 2023 class. I think that's so important to see those guys that are highly touted already. And again, Andrew, those crowds might not be flocking around the 2023 class, like you mentioned, Jacob Gonzalez, other guys on here, Tanner Witt, Jackson Wiggins, Drew Bowser, Tommy Troy, and 
there's just so many in that 2023 class so many. that you might not even think of, but they're they're going to be there. Sleeper pick, Troy Tulowitzki, mm, a coach a on the Texas roster, former Major League All-Star. I yep. mean, it just... He's an absolute legend. When you know, you, everybody knows the name Troy sure. Tulowitzki. So maybe go after him yeah. as well. And then, of course, Tim Elko, Ivan Melendez. You have Michael Turner. Draw a little mustache on the baseball. <laughs> Why not? Right. <laughs> I wonder what his signature actually looks like. I would love to see it. I, you know, maybe you could just sign like my back. Or just your shirt and my, cross my out shirt. the yeah yeah cross out the Mississippi, Mississippi State, State and now yep. maybe maybe cover it up with mm-hmm. with an Ole Miss T-shirt. Robert Moore's a fun one too, especially for people in this area. So I mentioned him earlier. He's going in the probably the second third round of uh, this coming draft. He's he's Arkansas second baseman, but he's the son yeah. of Kansas City Royals president base of, of baseball operations. And Good old for those Moore. for those that you know maybe think the Royals could draft him. You know, you could maybe sleep on him that'd and say maybe cool. he's a storm chaser at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, if, if you have any connection to the Kansas City Royals, that's a, that's a good guy to go after. For sure. Well, Anna, we were just talking all about who to grab an autograph from. And a perfect segue to that is by introducing our next guest, Houston Street, former Major League closer, two-time All-Star, 2005 AL Rookie of the Year. And, of course, a Texas alumnus, as you can tell by the hat he's wearing. Houston, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. hey, how about uh, Texas being the favorite down there? You know, uh, it's awesome. I, I've been with those guys, a lot of them, honestly, with the pandemic for the last three years. I mean, some of them have been in college for seven years. It seems like I make jokes with them. Um, but the, the, they're hard workers. They deserve it. That was the first thing that I texted Tulowitzki and Coach Pierce was, y'all deserve this. I, I've seen those kids working. I've seen their attitudes. Uh and their skill set. I mean, some of the years these guys are having, uh, you know, Melendez just obviously being a team leader. But, I mean, you look at the lineup top to bottom. Obviously, pitching has been uh, up and down. But guys have a perf- the solid performance. Tristan Stevens, uh, huge performance. Right time, right place. They're getting hot. At, at, you know, th- this game is, especially the college game, is getting hot at the right time. It's about finding that hot streak and timing it. Uh, to be good in June, and, and they're doing they're they're it looks like they're, they're poised to maybe make a run for sure. And you talk about hot streaks, what do you like about this matchup between Texas and Notre Dame? Notre Dame, a team that's stunned Tennessee, stunned Tennessee. And you know, Frank Anderson being at Tennessee is a good friend and a huge mentor of mine in my career, actually responsible for lowering my arm angle and uh, really changing my life, uh, my entire baseball trajectory and career was because of uh you know his ability to to make that adjustment in my, in my career and you know I thought Tennessee was you know they they were they were billed as maybe the best team in the history of college baseball uh which I you know take offense to but no. <laughs> I was gonna say uh yeah we're all competitive uh there's been some good teams but you know I, that's a huge upset I think uh but Notre Dame's been good all year long. I mean, I think there was a lot of talk about them hosting a regional, probably should have hosted a regional. Uh, unfortunate matchup for Tennessee, uh, but fortunate for Notre Dame. And they, they pulled off, you know, one of the biggest upsets in the history of college uh, baseball. And, and But now it's time for them to get beat by UT. <laughs> I love the way that you put that because, as Anna said, you're playing Notre Dame, a team that took down the one seed. But – this is kind of a, a, I don't want to bring up a depressing memory for you or anything, but uh, last season, um, Texas was the CWS runner-up. And of course, you were once a runner-up too. I'm sure you didn't want me to tell you that because you already know that. Uh, yeah. But I, I hate to bring that reminder up. But I wanted to ask you this because yeah. you, 
<laughs> I, I totally did. I, I said my, I put that ball on a team. You can see my face, bro. I mean, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> First, I'm old now, but at least. Best control know. now is the sun. Yep. But uh, my question for you, what advice do you have for this Texas team as they try to make a, a path toward the trophy and instead of reminding themselves that, you know, we got so close last year? Well, I think, uh, I, I think one, last year is going to serve a purpose. You, you learn from those moments. You learn from those feelings. Experience is real. Experience is uh, very, very, very valuable, especially for the young college mind, somebody who, uh, as a team, as a unit, groups of people who have maybe not been there before, uh, they're going to be able to use those feelings um, to adjust much quicker. The, all, the biggest thing that I tell all the guys when they first get to the big leagues is, you know, your first outing as a your first career outing, you're going to be shaken. You're going to be moving faster. Your heart's going to be racing. Your tempo, your rhythm is going to all speed up. And, and uh, at the end of the day, the best players just go play the game. Just, just go out there and do it. Like you're just, you're just a kid. Uh, we were all five years old on the playground at one point, but learn to slow it down. And uh, when I tell guys in the big leagues coming up, I'd say, listen, you're going to be going three times faster than you normally go. And even if you slow it down, you're going to be going two times faster. So literally just remember to breathe and go compete. But I think UT is going to have an advantage in that point because we returned so many guys. We returned so many people especially on the, the offensive side of the ball, those at-bats are going to be more sound. And obviously uh, the job that the coaches at UT have seen, have been up there, witnessed them do, it's really a lot of it is about that rhythm of just staying within yourself. Uh, so many of the things that Augie Grito taught us, uh, these, this coaching staff for Coach Pierce, uh, Tulowitzki, and Sean and Phillip, uh, they do a really, really, really good job of making sure that, that the team understands that principle. I feel like I should turn this shirt around. I didn't even think <laughs> about that until now. Oh, don't bother me, bro. I don't care. Uh, it's, it's all right. Shirt. You know, out of respect for you, Houston, I'm, I'm turning the shirt around. Yeah, please. Uh, all right. I appreciate it now. <laughs> well, Houston. So I, was, I was at that game. I took my boys up there. So we watched that the Mississippi State pitcher. And, uh, you know, that's what it takes, though. It takes performances, right? It takes individual performances to rise to that moment. And sorry to cut you off, uh, and I'll, but the, that that – that I think was what Mississippi State did last year, was uh, they had those moments, and uh, you know it, it's a it's a battle of conviction and, and execution and a little bit of luck, but uh, I think Texas has the guys to do that. In 2002, when we won it, you know you look at the performances by not just you know I'm one piece of a 25, 26, 27 man puzzle, and it takes a team to win in Omaha. Right. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I uh, had to turn around the t-shirt. No, I, I think, I think I, Houston's going to appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Houston, not many guys get to experience what it feels like to walk out on a stage as big as Omaha and you've done it in some of the biggest moments in your career. What is it like walking out with those bright lights in a game that probably is the biggest that these guys have ever played in? It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've said, I said this a lot at the beginning of my career. It's been years since I've actually answered this question this way. Because uh, once you get to the big leagues, you kind of move past college in the reporting mind. But it's still my college World Series experience transcended my entire life, my entire career. I vividly remember walking out on the mound that first time against Stanford in 2002. And you grow up. 
you grow up, you know, back then it was a, a different stadium, but the, you know, the color of the blue pads, that, that visual that, that, you know, every summer when I was 13, 14, 15, six, all the way through, you see that visual uh, and, and there's the college world series emblem and there's it's Omaha and wait, I'm, I'm now, I, I'm now the guy on the mound. Hold on. I have to get it done. Like, hold on. <laughs> I'm doing this. These are all real thoughts. And, Immense pressure. Yeah. Well, to you know, uh, what I learned uh, while being in Omaha and my years at the University of Texas was pressure is a choice. Pressure is what you choose to focus on, and that's why I say it is just the game of baseball. And I, I, I teach my young children, my boys. My, I have an 11 year old son, a nine year old son, and a six year old son, Ripken, Ryder, and Rafe. And I tell them, my boys. The game is you in the mitt if you're on the mound. The game is if you're in the infield, it's you know getting into your circle pre-pitch, your pre-pitch routine, your pre-pitch mental routine. That's the game. The game is not Omaha or Yankee Stadium or Fenway. That's the place. That's not the game. The game, you know, and so pressure is am I choosing to focus on the game? Well, I've done that a million times. Or am I choosing to focus on the things that have all the other external factors, the, the, the crowd, the noise, the consequence of, of execution, right? No, you can't control the consequence. You can only control the execution. Focus on that. Focus on your breathing. Focus on the moment of, I have the ball in my hand. I'm going to throw a fastball down and away. Well, I mean, if you were to see any of these college athletes, put them on a mound in the middle of nowhere, you would expect them to be able to hit the outside corner or to throw a slider for a strike. That, that wouldn't even cross your mind that they can't do it in that scenario, in that place. And yet you put them in Omaha and, and it all changes, but it only changes in your mind. So if you can control that first, then you can control all the rest. But you have to have those experiences. And I was lucky enough to have three years of those experiences in Omaha to feel the pressure because it is real, to learn to adjust to it and to put it in the right box. And then, and as Augie Greedo always said, trust the process and stay in the moment. The process is what we've done all year long, what you've done since you were six. And the moment is just right now, this one little moment at a time. And everybody collectively, nine guys on defense and the one batter in the lineup, staying in the moment. And all those little moments add up, and and and, and you do. You got to have some balls fall in the right place, some ground balls hit some holes, some fly balls hit some gaps, and uh, and they call you a champion at the end if you get it done. You know, uh, I've been there and won it. I've been there and lost it, and it really did come down to, uh, you know, when we you, you mentioned losing it in two thousand four. Uh, I look at the performances specifically, Jason Windsor, on the mound. Uh, that dude stayed in the moment. That dude threw his changeup about as good as I've ever seen a college pitcher throw a changeup consistently in a game, and he beat us. They beat us. And, uh, you know, to this day, I, I, I wish we would have shaken their hands. I think that was totally a, a mistake on our part that we did not do intentionally whatsoever. Uh, and so, But the emotional response of winning and losing is something you can learn from, and that's what I tell these guys. Like, This experience is going to make you better in life if you let it, uh, and you have to choose – that idea, uh, whether you win or whether you lose, you're going to get better because of this. And that's the beauty of sport. It's the beauty of Omaha and the College World Series and everything that it brings with it. Houston, when you look at this field of teams, 
there aren't many separators from a lot of these oh. organizations and all these schools. What is the difference between a good and a great team in Omaha? Well, I said it earlier. I think some of it is the luck of the ebbs and flows of the human condition, which is baseball streaks. You're hot, you're cold. And you can't help it if you're cold at, in June, and you can't help it if you're hot in June. Um, you know, the separators really will come down to that mentality. Uh, it will come down to capitalizing on mistakes. Everyone's going to make them. Who capitalizes on them? And then uh, in the case, like I said, the Mississippi State pitcher's name escapes me. Uh, but you have to have some of those types of performances where um, the Michael Jordan-type moment, so to speak, where – Somebody just refuses to let their team lose. Uh, Jason Windsor, as I said, did it in 2004. Justin Simmons was the our guy on the mound in 2002 in the uh, against South Carolina. Bases loaded, nobody out. First inning gets us out of that that's that moment with only one run put up on the board, and then our hitters come back and answer. Chris Carmichael hits a three-run homer later in the game. Uh, so you have to have those performances in big moments come through and i think uh that becomes the separator but again it's just one little moment at a time and uh and the teams that truly stay in the moment will will uh will prevail or have the best chance of prevailing sometimes you just got to get lucky and and i'll I, I say this you know some people say I'd rather be lucky than good i say <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be both if i could <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now are you think I'll be good and lucky. Are you thinking of Will Bedner? Is that who you're thinking of? Was that the starting pitcher? That kid was awesome. Yeah, yeah he was. was, he, he was I, good. Maybe I, I should turn my shirt back around because it, yeah. I sound like a true fan now. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, I, I, I have my my three sons sitting in the stands next to me, and I, I was using him as an example. Yeah, he's beating my team, but you can witness it. You can look out there on the mound and see conviction. Not just passion, but conviction, where he is willing this baseball to that spot. His fastball was electric, his breaking ball was on point. And, and the, his, his I, I would talk, I talked to him about his look at the body language of the man out there controlling the moment. It is crystal clear he's in control. And I, I bet if you asked him, he would say, I didn't feel an ounce of pressure. And it's because he was so convicted in that moment that nothing else mattered except this one pitch. And he just kept repeating that moment over and over again. Now I got one more for you, Houston. Um, as you talk about emotional moments and this Texas team has really battled through a lot of adversity, but uh -huh. there's a lot of things going around with the horns down hate. What is up with all of that? Is that, am I just sheltered? Has that always been a thing or is that like really sparked this year? Yeah, no, that's been a thing for, hundred years. And I mean, what about the national anthem singer though, that got banned from singing at the CWS? What happened? There was a national anthem singer that did that at the women's college world series. The After he down? sang, he did the horns down and now he's not allowed to sing at this uh, CWS. Wow. I don't want to speak negatively about the CWS. That's their decision, but I'll speak generally about a thought that I've long had. We, we got to quit being so soft. <laughs> <laughs> Rivalry is beautiful. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Like someone wants to put the horns down, right? That's like talking trash to Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, but 
If you're Larry Bird and you're one of the best trash talkers in the history of the world, they do that to get in your head. It's a part of the game. If you step in the box and I'm looking in your eyes, I'm not looking away until you look away. Sorry. I do not feel sorry for you. There are no friends between the lines. There's no rules in love and war. Accept the challenge and let it motivate you. But, you know, I mean, like there is sportsmanship and there is competitive rivalry. I mean, listen, rewind 100 years and A&M captured Bevo, our mascot, and cooked him. They, <laughs> they took the animal and they ate him as fajitas. You know, like, so yeah, we've gotten soft and uh, we got to get away from that because you know what? That's the beauty of it. Like mm-hmm. Jimmy Dugan said in a league of their own, right? If it was, it's supposed to be hard. It was, exact quote. It's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, everyone would do it. It's the hard that makes it great. Like if someone can take fingers and turn them this way, think about what's actually happening. They're just turning their fingers this way. <laughs> now I, I won't do it for very long, but if this affects me, there's something wrong with me. You <laughs> got some I mean? bigger like, problems on my hands. <laughs> bro, I dare you to do that. Do that before you get in the box and see where the first pitch goes. It's going to go right here. <laughs> and the reason is, is I'm, good enough, I'm good enough to make the next pitch and the next pitch and the next pitch and the next pitch. And I'm not so mentally fragile to let this. I understand the idea behind, you know, but the, I think if you took it and you flipped it all on its head, as just a person being passionate and, and there's no better way. I've done this a thousand times in my life. You know, right. there's Aggies watching and you're in Omaha. We play you. If you win and we win, I will not do this because I think this is a waste of time, right? Like I think doing the horns down is a waste of time. I've always said, don't pull for someone to fail, pull for someone to succeed. That's where my energy goes. So my horns are up. And if the other team beats me, I just congratulate them. But if you want to put your horns down, thank you. You're just throwing <laughs> kerosene on my fire. I love it. I was, I, I maybe I was tired five seconds ago. Now I'm wide awake, and you've got my attention. And I promise you, at least in baseball, if, if my attention was focused, I, I had a better chance of beating you. Well, no one should do the horns down, Ivan Melendez, before he comes <laughs> into the box. That I don't think it matters. So I'm moving out of service. <laughs> no, you're fine. You have the nice I'm glow. Just lighting the whole time, guys. Y'all got you got to coach me up on my lighting. You know? <laughs> uh, no, I, you know I think I like I said to start. Rivalry is beautiful, and passion is real. And if we if if you eliminate that from sport, what do you have? I mean, we might as well just take the scoreboard away. Right. No, it's fun, too. And for you guys, I mean, you might as well do the horns down and put another finger down because the M stands for Omaha because that's where Texas is. Well, they're in Omaha, they're, 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 and they live in Omaha. Yeah, we live in Omaha. And uh, and I don't know if you noticed, we didn't dogpile. They, our boys did not dogpile. They kept that tradition alive. Mm-hmm. And we That's something we always say. You dogpile when you win at Omaha. You're expected to get to Omaha. That's the expectation. And uh, I do know that this Longhorn group of kids – they have set that expectation in their hearts and their mind. They've been possessed with that idea from the day some of those kids walked on campus. And I actually did. And I hate to make predictions, but I, I will say this out loud. Three years ago in fall of 2019, when I got around those people, those, those individuals, Faltini and Hodo and Arduin, Silas and, and Pete Hansen, 
And so, so many of those guys, there were other guys on the team at that time uh, that, that all built each other up. But I remember talking to Coach Pierce saying, dude, this team's going to win you a national championship. They, 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 and they got to go do it this year, and I'm not making a prediction, but they're that caliber of people, whether they win or whether they lose, those kids are that caliber of people. And, uh, and I've been around them long enough to be able to say that. And uh, I'm proud of them regardless of what happens because I've seen, uh, I've seen the passion they've brought to the, you know, to the place that I love the most, the place that changed my entire family's life. And I would not be sitting here uh, comfortably in my life without the University of Texas. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that. And uh, and I'm going to try to get my butt to Omaha. <laughs> my three boys again. I'm going to try and be there Friday and then hopefully Sunday uh, when we play. I'd like to play the Aggies. I know we just played uh, Oklahoma, although, you know, it, it, I think Texas has got a good chance either way. Well, hey, if you're down in Omaha, come find us. So what, I will. What you say? This, this Friday? Is that is that when you're coming or the College World Series? Uh, well, Friday is our game at 6 p.m., right? Yeah. Notre Dame. Six, Notre Dame. And then uh, if we win, then we play Sunday at 6, and then I got to get, get back to Austin, <laughs> and then I'll come back for the championship game. But, but you know, uh, I do intend on being at both of those games. Great. We'll stay in contact with you, Houston. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on Thank the show. Uh, again, Texas is the national favorite. So if you're looking for so, a team to flock to, oh, uh, join, join underdog, Houston. Bro. Join keep Houston. Or go with the underdog. Well, the underdog is Texas A&M. Yeah, but hey, for just for all those people putting the horns down, right? Look at them. We're still Look here. at them. We're still here. Hook. There they are. <laughs> Thanks kidding. again, Houston. Again, Houston Street, former Major League closer, two-time All-Star, 2005 AL Rookie of the Year, Texas alumnus. He's probably dad of the year, too, with his three boys taking him to the Happy CWS. Happy early Father's Day. Happy early Father's Day to you, to you, Houston, and everybody else out there. Um, you know, he brought up a good point. Anything can happen when you're down in Omaha, and it's just all about how you handle those moments. It's the pressure. And, um, you know, don't succumb to that pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just about how they, how they battle through. What what a great guest Houston Street was, and we hope to run into him again. Maybe you'll see him on our YouTube channel. Um, that's Heard at Sports on YouTube, at Heard at Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also catch us on our personal Twitter pages. Follow Anna at Annabelle Media. You can follow me at Andrew Rogers TV. Content coming your way from in and out of the stadium. Catch us on location. We are going to release shows all throughout the tournament. The next one, June 17th at Lefties. That's at 12 p.m. And then we will follow along as the College World Series goes on. Bat flips and party tips where we flip bats and tip the party. Thanks for joining us. 